the History Channel original podcast. So by the time this episode comes out, you know, the Masters will be over. I guess, you, do you have any predictions? And do you think Tiger could ever become the new oldest to win? I think we were shocked when he won his last Masters. This is Tom Kite, a legendary golfer and U.S. Open champion. I think you'd have to go with with one of the guns that are that are hot right now. And there's nobody hotter than Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, no, that's a good bet. <laughs> the 87th Masters is finally wrapped up after a weather delay, and Scotty Scheffler didn't win. It was actually 28-year-old Spaniard and my fellow Arizona State alum, John Rahm, who pulled off his first victory. And 52-year-old Phil Mickelson tied for second. Unfortunately, Tiger Woods had the bow out on the final day due to a foot injury. It was a lot of fun to watch, but it may not be quite as historic as the Masters we're talking about today. Those are two of the most iconic Masters tournaments that there's ever been. Sports history this week, April 13th, 1986. I'm Kaylin Jones. Whether you're a golf fan or not, you might recognize that music. Welcome to this tradition unlike any other, the Masters. We stand at the final round of the 1986 Masters Invitational Tournament in Augusta, Georgia. Jack Nicklaus walks to the 12th hole. He's got some momentum after breaking par at each of the last three holes. After a rough start, the champion golfer is making some noise. It's like the days of old here at Augusta when Jack Nicklaus moves to the, or the top of that leaderboard. Jack Nicklaus has already won the Masters five times. But at 46 years old, nobody's expecting him to do it again. He may be the all-time leader in major tournament victories, but he hasn't won a major in six years. I think a lot of people thought, or in some cases hoped, that this would be a swan song for Nicholas. He'd play the Masters one more time. He'd probably not make the cut. If Nicholas wins, he'll be the oldest to ever do it. Let's jump ahead. 11 years later to the day, a 21-year-old Californian is looking to become the youngest to ever win the Masters. Today, all of Augusta's legendary records are in danger as 21-year-old Tiger Woods is poised to make history in the final round of the Masters. Unlike Nicholas, Tiger Woods entered his tournament with a ton of hype. Tigers won three straight events, and Vegas gives him the second-best odds to win at Augusta. I don't think we've seen this kind of expectations from a player perhaps since Jack Nicklaus in 72. Today, 11 years apart, two of the greatest golfers ever, the Golden Bear and Tiger, one at the end of their career, the other just at the start, compete in their sport's most prestigious tournament, the Masters. Can either pull off a victory? And how do two golfers a generation apart cope with the pressure? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's June 14th, 1985. 45-year-old Jack Nicholas is struggling during day two of the U.S. Open at Oakland Hills Country Club in Michigan. He finishes his round, gets some applause, but misses the cut for the weekend. Jack Nicholas is out of a major tournament. He was no longer the man to beat. This is Tom Clavin, author of One for the Ages, a book about Jack Nicholas. How did it feel for him to play so poorly here? Oakland Hills was, was a low point for him. He had to know in his mind he would arrive at someday, but he actually arrived at it. And it was something that was embarrassing. I said, I've got to adjust to being maybe a has-been. You know, I mean, how does a golfer's game generally change with age as they get older? You know, it feels like every couple of years you age, you lose another five yards off the tee. This is Sean Zock, a senior writer with Golf.com and Golf Magazine. To lose five yards off the tee is not a big deal, but if it adds up to losing 20 yards, suddenly you have to play different shots into other holes, different clubs into other holes, and it just stacks the deck against an older guy. As Zock puts it, the peak age for golfer performance is between 29 and 35. It's April 1986, a year since Nicholas didn't make the cut at the U.S. Open. Now 46 years old, He's returning to the Masters. The Masters is the holy grail for golfers. A tournament known for being a tradition unlike any other. And that tradition is more than the golf itself. In Augusta, Georgia, fans wear floral patterned clothes, carry fancy signature cocktails. The Masters is, it's kind of like Wimbledon where everyone wears white and everything is very proper and you have the royal family sitting in their box. The Masters is kind of like that too. In addition to its culture, the Masters is known for its golf course where not a single blade of grass is out of place. I have literally seen people walk around with one of those like kind of garbage picker things and they will use that to pick up pine cones and put them back into place. Before the 1986 tournament begins, there's plenty of talk around Jack Nicholas, but not about his odds to win. For this story, we were lucky enough to speak with former pro golfer Tom Kite, who would go on to compete in the 1986 Masters against Nicholas. It seemed like there were a lot of players at the time who didn't think Jack had like any shot at winning. Like, I guess, what, what, what did you think of his odds? Jack was, if you went down the list of the favorites in the game, I think Jack would have been a little ways down the list. April 13th, 1986. It's sunny and 85 degrees with a light breeze in Augusta. It's day four of the Masters, the final round. The camera pans to Nicholas with his signature blonde bowl cut. In a yellow shirt and plaid pants, he walks up to the ninth hole. Surprisingly, he's keeping pace with the competitors. What was unusual was to have somebody like an elderly Jack Nicholas still on the leaderboard going into Sunday. The telecast doesn't spend much time on Nicholas, but he does have a large in-person gallery following him, 
filled with fans' hype, he's made it even this far. For them, this is more of a nostalgia tour. Uh, you know, it's like today you, you, go, you go see Fleetwood Mac uh, because it might, might be their last tour. At the ninth hole, Nicholas knocks in a birdie, meaning one under par. His son Jackie is his caddy. He walks next to his dad, smiling at what he sees. That birdie puts Nicholas at four under par for the day. Not a bad score, but still behind the leaders. Australian Greg Norman and Spaniard Sebi Ballesteros are three shots ahead. Would you like to pick a champion for us? If the best player wins, it'll be Ballesteros because he is definitely the best player in the world. There's no question about that. Nicholas isn't out of it, but he faces a steep mountain to climb. Sean Zock says this moment is where the tournament is known to heat up. There's a saying that the Masters doesn't begin until Sunday on the back nine, which means everything that happens Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the first 54 holes, in fact, the first 63 holes, doesn't really matter until you reach the back nine. On the 10th hole, Nicholas, nicknamed the Golden Bear, walks around the green in a semicircle, surveying his chance at a birdie. At three shots back from the leader, he needs this putt. And the bear, the bear is stalking. Come on, Jack, smile. That's it. And Nicholas sinks it, gets another birdie. At the 11th hole, the camera returns to Nicholas as he pulls back his putter. To move five under. Is it enough? Is it enough? Yes! Nicholas raises his club up in the air and stalks around in celebration. Three birdies in a row for Nicholas. Nine, 10, 11. So I was watching it the other day. First time I'd ever watched a Jack Nicholas tournament. Can't lie. <laughs> but it, it was crazy because it's cool to watch him slowly creep up the board. I think that was the, uh, the idea behind Nicholas on that Sunday of the 86 Masters. Does he, get, does he, have, does he have one more roar left in this, this old lion? But with a massive gallery surrounding him on the 12th, Nicholas mishits a shot. Then he misses a putt by a millimeter and he slams down his club. A rare show of emotion for Nicholas. The attitude of a lot of people, and even inside the CBS broadcast booth, was, well, that's it. You know, that's the wheels are coming off. The legs must be tired. By the 15th, Jack is two shots back from the leaders. Jack Nicholas has 200 yards, and he never needed an eagle more. An eagle, meaning two under par. Do you know anything about hole 15? How would you describe it? And what makes it difficult or interesting for, you know, people who either observe or play on the course? What's cool about the 15th hole is that any number of scores can be made there. You can also make a three if you hit a couple good shots. It's a par five, but it plays very flat and then severely downhill. It's basically this make or break it type of golf hole. And he's got a chance. He's got a very, very good chance of an eagle three to make him seven under par. And the old bear is back. Nicholas hits a good shot, setting up a putt for eagle and a chance to tie with the tournament leaders. Yes, sir. The battle is joined. My goodness. There's life in the old bear yet. Magnificent stuff. 
that was the point where people started to say, he could actually win this thing. The 46-year-old with almost zero expectations has found his way back to the top of the biggest tournament on earth. What is going through Jack's mind right now? He has not experienced this kind of a streak in a long time. The telecast starts focusing less on the young contenders initially expected to win and more on Nicholas. They were realizing that they were participating in a historic event as far as sports, major sports were concerned. That, that a 46-year-old greatest player ever was having one more run at, at the gold ring. Spanish competitor Sevi Ballesteros moves back to the lead, but then he hits the ball into the water. On 17, Nicholas and his son discuss the correct angle to take as he lines up for another birdie putt. This is for sole possession of the lead. He starts running towards the ball. It's like he's going to catch up to it. No, Jack, leave it alone. Let it fall in. <laughs> leave it. And, and raising that, raising his, his, uh, his, his putter like a sword, leading the charge. Yes, sir! The crowd runs to the next hole to watch Nicholas as he starts to 18. Jack Nicholas is on top of the Masters leaderboards with one hole left. Sevi Ballesteros and Tom Kite are just one shot behind him. Another major win is right there. What would a victory mean for him? To win one more championship, to win one more belt, it's the cap of one's career. It's emotionally, dramatically exciting. We're back at the Augusta National, witnessing one of the great scenes in the history of the Masters. You can feel the electricity throughout the air, and you can hear television sets all across this country coming to this dance, one that many of us thought we would never see again. Augusta National is known for its physical demands. To last the whole tournament, a golfer has to not only shoot 72 holes over the course of four days, but walk to each of them too. Not a small physical ask for anyone, let alone if you're 46. It can often be what separates the young from the old. U.S. Open champion Tom Kite. It requires a certain amount of conditioning. Augusta, probably as much as any golf course in the world, demands that you be in, in, in good physical condition to be able to walk those hills. Nicholas stands at a straightaway, looking exhausted. People stand in a straight line on either side. What an important tee shot right now, the last hole. You've come this far, you've got the lead. Don't screw it up. Don't, don't hit it into the woods. Don't miss hit it. Don't shank it. <laughs> don't hook it. Moments later, Nicholas attempts a 50-foot putt, rolling it over a hill before it stops inches short of the hole. The crowd roars as he taps in his final putt for par. Nicholas puts both arms in the air, waves to all his fans, and then embraces his son, Jackie, who's also his caddy. Nicholas finishes the tournament at 9-under. But it's not over yet. It is so strange to me, because, like, that he doesn't actually win at this moment, right? I mean, he has to actually go back to the clubhouse and wait. To watch one group after another come in behind him, and any one of them could have just grabbed the championship away from him. Nick Price had a chance. He couldn't close the deal. Norman had a chance. He couldn't close the deal. Tom Kite, who was going for his first major, here was his chance. He just had to hit, sink this putt, and he could at least force a playoff. We got to ask Tom Kite about just that. 
but you also played some great golf too. Yeah, I did. I, I, you did. I, I was, <laughs> and you had the best aesthetic of anybody. I was playing really well and not making many mistakes and making birdies where you needed to make them. And it looked like it, it was going to be one of the three of us unless somebody did something crazy. And of course, as we know, somebody did something crazy. Jack Nicklaus has just won his sixth Masters. What a tournament. The sun is setting and Nicholas is back outside. The crowd embraces him. At the age of 46, four years older than anyone ever has been as a champion of the Masters. Jack Nicholas sits in an elegant room with stone walls to claim the Masters' coveted green jacket. He looks like he's on cloud nine. The chairman of the Masters asks if this win is the most gratifying for Nicholas. His record sixth Masters victory and his 18th career major tournament win. Or they all are, but this one certainly at age 46, and uh, as many people have said, in December of my career, <laughs> it's well, got to be as big as any of them, that's for sure. At this very moment, a 10-year-old is glued to his TV, watching Jack Nicklaus win the Masters. He imagines the feeling of winning golf's biggest tournament and wants to be there doing what Jack is doing. That young man's name? Eldrick Tiger Woods. And 11 years later, he'll have his chance. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Tiger Woods is the youngest U.S. amateur champion ever. Second straight U.S. amateur championship. An encore performance by the 19-year-old phenom. Another Tiger comeback completed. And with it, golf history. Three straight U.S. amateur championships for Tiger Woods. At just 20 years old, Tiger Woods, a skinny black golfer, has made history winning a record three national amateur tournaments in a row. He's a sensation, landing on the cover of Sports Illustrated, winning PGA Tour Rookie of the Year, and even signing a $40 million contract with Nike. Tiger is changing the game of golf. He's driving the ball further than anyone, sinking more putts than anyone, and winning at a ridiculous rate. TV ratings at the tour are skyrocketing. Crowd sizes at tournaments double, then triple, reaching new kinds of fans, younger and more racially diverse. 
So what was it like when Tiger Woods breaks out onto the scene? Tiger was, uh, gosh, he was jumping onto the scene kind of like a, a bull into a china shop. Sean Zock again. So Tiger Woods was the greatest prospect that golf has ever seen. This guy's gonna, he's gonna do some insane things in the golf world. But we don't, we don't allow ourselves to think that highly of players until they get that W, until they check that box. That box being a major tournament win. The only knock on Tiger Woods' resume at 20 years old, he doesn't have a major. And until he does, there's going to be doubt. There's a bit of a stigma that gets applied to young up-and-coming golfers who show all this promise. They win amateur events. They win college events. It happens in all sports, right? How can you do it on the top level? Armin Katayan co-wrote a biography about Tiger Woods. He's been a sports reporter for decades for Real Sports, ABC, and CBS News. We've all seen athletes who are hyped beyond belief and then, for various reasons, fail in the spotlight. In 1997, Tiger has a chance to prove himself. He's invited to compete in the Masters at just 21 years old. Similar to Jack Nicklaus in 86, the doubt around Tiger Woods' performance entering the 97 Masters is related to his age. Can he handle the pressure of a big stage? Will he be able to overcome setbacks? Does he know the course well enough? Tom Clavin. I mean, he's 21 years old. How much of an institutional memory can he have of Augusta National? The Masters is a tradition unlike any other, with everything that comes with. It's very Southern, um, and it's very proper, and it is uh, very exclusive. That exclusivity has translated to racism. Racism proven in an academic study done back in 2022. The Masters didn't invite a black golfer to compete until 1975 and didn't offer club admission to black men or any women until 1990. Tiger is overwhelmed with discussion around his race ahead of playing Augusta. He doesn't want to just be considered black because he's also white and Thai. In one autobiography, Tiger says he'd like to avoid dealing with all the discussion around his race. He broaches the subject during an interview with Oprah Winfrey. I'll be honest with you, if I would have to label myself as anything ethnic-wise, you know, I had to, always had to check a box, you know, in mm -hmm. those little forms and stuff. And they say, pick one. I can't. I usually pick African-American, Asian, because those are the two households I was raised under. Despite all the opinions of Tiger and his performance, he's considered a favorite to win. Not everyone agrees. One radio program dismisses him, saying, he hasn't proven anything yet. They doubted Tiger's ability to maybe do that in the most clutch moments. There certainly was an old guard of guys who wanted to see him do it in person. 11 years since Jack Nicklaus won his last Masters, he comes out as one of the few peers who believes in Tiger. He says Tiger's so well suited to the Masters course, the rising star could win more tournaments there than he and the legendary Arnold Palmer combined. Tiger takes the vote of confidence to heart. In his first press conference, Someone asked him, you know, how do you, how, how do you hope to do here? And he goes, I'm here to win. April 13th, 1997. The Masters has finally arrived. In the morning, Tiger goes on a run, practices for an hour, putts for 20 minutes. Thousands of fans pack the course, but Tiger hears none of them. In his head, he's alone. As he walks up to his first tee, Tiger takes his first shot, but is wide of the fairway. He shoots a bogey, 
one over par. Over the next eight holes, he bogeys three more times. The Tiger Woods doubters start to think they were right about it. Oh, so he can't handle the pressure. Oh, so now the kid is going to fail, you know, that you can just almost hear those whispers. And then everything flips on the back nine. On the 10th hole, Tiger hits a birdie. He pars the 11th and miraculously chips in for par again at 12. Everything changes. Many consider this the beginning of Tiger mania. It was a pivotal hole there for him. He was a he was a destroyer. You take their heart, you step on their throat, and you don't get up. You teach them that they have no chance to beat you. Tiger birdies the 13th, hits another birdie on the 14th, eagles the 15th. By the end of the day, he'd shot 40 on the front nine and 30 on the back nine, landing at 70 on the day. That's two under par and has everyone back in on the Tiger Woods train. From this point on, Tiger dominates. Like, holy cow, we got the bad stretch out of the way. Now let's dial it in. There had probably been no less than five or six next Jack Nicholas's, and then they just disappeared. So when somebody said, well, golly, here's the next Jack Nicholas," and, and they were talking about Tiger Woods, it's like, okay, here's another one. <laughs> but as we know, he turned out to be the next Jack Nicholas. Yeah, no, he definitely at least came close. <laughs> Tiger Woods is exceptional. Mentally, he's a vacuum for information. And physically, his strength sets a new standard for driving the ball that would revolutionize the sport. He drove the ball on average 25 yards further than anyone else in the tournament. And so 25 yards on an average PGA Tour drive is just, you know, it's a full 8% better than anyone else or something like that. After the second day, Tiger leads the tournament. He's ahead of Colin Montgomery by three strokes. The Scottish golfer is 12 years older than Tiger with a lot more experience. So he tells the media he's not worried. And then Montgomery got his butt kicked, absolutely got his butt kicked by Tiger all day long on Saturday. Unreal. By the end of day three, Tiger stretches his lead to nine shots. This is a heavyweight championship fight, and he's just knocking people out right and left and sending a message right from the start, I am Tiger Woods. By the time Tiger begins the last nine holes of the tournament, the world is watching. 44 million people tune in on TV as Tiger keeps his lead. God, it's amazing. 13 under par. At the 12th hole, Tiger gets a standing ovation. He's been deathly serious for the past three days, but now he smiles. How they appreciate what this young man is doing. He'll chase Jack Nicholas. But he follows Jackie Robinson as a man who broke barriers, men who transcended their sport. The very last hole of the tournament is a blur. In his oversized red sweater, Tiger tees off at 18, walking through the thousands of fans clapping for him, each fighting for one glance at Tiger. He tips his hat in appreciation. It's literally Tiger mania. For the first time you saw a diversity to the crowd that you never saw before. 
Tiger is going to easily win and become the youngest person to ever win the Masters. He's the first person of Asian descent to win a Masters. He's also the first black player to ever win it, with Lee Elder, the first black man to compete in the Masters, and Charlie Sifford, the first black man to play on the PGA Tour, both in attendance. Lee had tears in his eyes, and rightfully so, to witness something like that. Tiger has a four-foot putt to win the entire tournament, and... There it is, a win for the ages. He gives us that uppercut, this massive uppercut fist pump after making this putt to win by 12. Tiger's 12-stroke margin is one of 36 tournament records he sets at the 97 Masters. And then what he does immediately after that is he goes and has this massive embrace with his father, Earl. He holds his dad tight with eyes closed. Neither lets go. He's crying when he's grabbing his son. We made it. We made it. We made it. Not you made it. We made it. I am certainly not the person to understand all of the meaning of it. But if you just boil it down to what you see, is you see two black men embracing behind the 18th green in Augusta National, this club that has for decades and decades been extremely exclusive and racially insensitive and it has now been conquered by these two black men and that's just the image i think that will always sustain for the 97 masters yeah no it's beautiful that moment in particular yeah like it you know it almost brought tears in my eyes because like you said i you know the racial component like everything that they invested into getting tiger to that point it definitely you know emanates between the two of them he came here with unlimited expectations, and he exceeded them all. Tiger has gone on to win 15 career major championships. And, like Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods showed that you can win even when you're old. In 2019, at 43, he wins his fifth Masters tournament. When you compare, like, Tiger and Jack Nicholas, I mean... How do they compare to each other in terms of being at the top of the golf, I guess, zeitgeist or just the world generally? I think we've reached a collective acceptance that Tiger is the greatest golfer who ever lived. And at this point, because he's won more majors than Tiger, Jack was the greatest champion who ever lived. Just like in 86 against Nicholas, Tom Kite finished second at the Masters against Tiger in 97, although in much less heartbreaking fashion. Tiger didn't, you know, he, he didn't have a run. He had a career. In my case, I had a, a run of about 10 or 12 years, but certainly not the, the longevity and, and the success rate that, that Jack and Tiger had, but I had a, I had a nice run, and that's, that's more what you get. So Jack Nicholas won the green jacket in 86. Tiger did it in 97. One's the oldest, one's the youngest. So what ultimately is the importance of these events? Yeah, there's really two sides of the coin. The old golden bear looking to roar one more time. Then you had the young tiger who was roaring for the first time. Sports has, there's so much to it, but joy, unrivaled joy, is you have those moments that stay with you for a lifetime. Jack in 86, no question. Tiger in 97, no question. When those stars align, and 
magic happens and something cosmic filters into the atmosphere or the universe, you just go, holy shit, I'm never going to see something like this again. You picked two great ones, I'll have to tell you. That's, you guys <laughs> did the right thing. You talk about history. Well, that's watching history being made. Thanks for listening to Sports History This Week. For moments throughout history that are also worth watching, check your local TV listings to find out what's on the History Channel today. Other notable sports stories that happened this week? 1916. The Professional Golfers Association of America, or the PGA, is founded in New York City. 1989. 96 people are crushed to death and 766 are injured in England during a match between Liverpool and Nottingham Forest. If you want to get in touch, feel free to email us at sportspod at history.com or leave a voicemail at 212-351-0410. We love to hear from our fans and non-fans too. Special thanks to our guests, Tom Clavin, writer and author of One for the Ages, Jack Nicklaus in the 1986 Masters, Tom Kite, former professional golfer and U.S. Open winner, Armin Katayan, co-author of the biography, Tiger Woods. Sean Zock, a senior writer with Golf.com and Golf Magazine. This episode was produced by Cooper McKim, story edited by me, Kaylin Jones, and sound designed by The Poglomerate. Sports History This Week is also produced by David Ingber. Our associate producers are Emma Fredericks and Hazel May. Our senior producer is Ben Dixney. Our supervising producer is McKamey Lynn, and our executive producer is Jesse Katz. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Sports History This Week wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Copyright 2023 A&E Television Networks, LLC. All rights reserved.